This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 76 of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I am joined by Nick Horwat. And Horwat, before we talk about our weeks, before we talk about the Pens defensemen who we're going to get into in this episode, let's just mention how long we took and dedicated last week's episode to Nick Bugstad. I mean, it wasn't that much, <laughs> but we said it'd be great if he had an opportunity to be the Penguins' third-line center and that doesn't look like it's going to be happening, does it? No, not at all. And it looks like we it's possible we don't even get the pick back for it. To be honest, though, this trade, I literally had to ask you and friend of the <laughs> show, Doug, how to feel about it because I saw the trade happen. I was like, I felt nothing. It was just like reading another regular tweet. <laughs> I didn't know how to feel because on one hand, yeah, you're losing a guy that... Um, the team, the players, the organization, everyone spoke very highly of and is supposed to be a good player. On the other hand, it's not like he was playing anyway. I joined Neil Villapiano on the Devil State of Mind podcast. We talked a little bit about this trade, actually. Um, most of it was Mark Recchi signing. Go listen to that when you get an opportunity. It was a great episode. Neil's a talker. Always is. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's one thing we talked about on there. So uh, give that episode a listen. And I, I go into more detail on it there, but what are your thoughts on it after me literally not knowing what to think about it? Before I give my thoughts, I do see you're wearing your tip of the iceberg sweatshirt, which I appreciate and always love to see that beautiful always. logo of ours. As I mentioned that, go check us out at tip of the iceberg dot You can get your sweatshirts, you can get t-shirts, you can get tank tops, and you could also get face masks and coffee mugs. So check us out. Like I said, tip of the iceberg dot Get all your sick tip of the iceberg merch but as far as the bugstad trade goes i saw it come in and my first thought was of course of course we we talked him up for the first time in over a month last week and then he gets traded that week so it makes sense for the actual trade itself i mean he goes to the minnesota wild back home where he played in high school hockey he played college hockey so he moves home and coming back for us is a conditional seventh round pick in 2021 but the condition You'll love this one. The condition oh, is yeah. even funnier. He must either play 70 games or score 35 points. So let's hope he scores 35 points because <laughs> that 70 game mark is probably going to be pretty tough for Bugstad to reach. I mentioned that with Neil, we were talking about, he said that was the condition. I said, it's possible no team plays 70 games. That's also true. Because so, we still don't know what's going on with next season. And I thought about the, that was the, my first thought when I saw the conditions. I was like, it's possible that doesn't even happen. So if that gets adjusted with all that, who knows? I do have some quick numbers on Bukestad though, because I just mentioned how he was never in the lineup. The Penguins had Nick Bukestad for 588 days. Okay, <laughs> in that time, the Penguins played 101 regular season games and eight postseason games. It's not a lot of postseason games, is it? <laughs> no, but we could we can move on from that little fact and keep going. <laughs> yeah, I mean to start, Bukestad played in. 45 of those 101 regular season games and four of the postseason games. So he's rocking 50% on that, but 
under 50 when it comes to games that he's played in a regular season. 109 total games. He played in 49 of them. That's not good. So that's why my thought was also, hey, it's not like he was ever really playing in his 588 days here anyway. You mentioned he did play in four playoff games. None of those were wins. So it's unfortunate because he is somebody that I did like whenever the Penguins acquired him from Florida. He's somebody that I was looking forward to, as I mentioned last week, seeing him at 100% this season, which he is technically, supposedly, according to his agent, he and him specifically, he's at 100% going into next season. I wanted to see him play as a Penguin, but clearly the Penguins are looking to make a couple different moves, and this is purely a cap dump on their part. Yes, they did end up retaining 50% of his salary, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the maximum amount that you can retain being the team that's trading him. So they retained 50% of his $4.1 million salary. It opens up about $2 million in cap space. And, of course, we see this, especially in the same week that the NHL announces that free agency will start on October 9th at noon. And for once, Jim Rutherford wants to be very, very active and very, very present in the free agent category. And yes, he does sign people like he signed Jack Johnson on the free agent market. He signed Brandon Tanev on the free agent market. But they weren't really players for any of the bigger and more prominent names. So that's something that Rutherford, in an article by Josh Yoey this week, go check that out on theathletic.com. In his article, he said, yeah, that's something that we want to do this year. We want to be more present in the free agent market. And he was asked by Yohe if another trade had to be made before the free agency market for the Penguins to be active. And somebody who normally says, like Neil Villapiano, about 55 answers Mm -hmm. for every single question asked, his answer was simply yes. So in the next couple of weeks here, you can expect probably at least Rutherford to try and attempt to free up more cap space before that happens. Later on in the show, we'll talk about what that might entail, what moves that might entail, and who might be on their way out. But as of right now, as far as Bugstad's concerned, I wish him well in Minnesota. I know the boys at the Soda Pod will treat him well up there. He's going to be a good depth center for them. And I think if he's 100%, he could get back to being a 20-goal scorer. And as far as the conditions go, 70 games, like I said, you're going to hope that he scores those 35 points because he played only 13 games for the Penguins last season. We wish him good health. And of course, we like that seventh-round pick. But I also wanted to mention that the Penguins after this trade came out, said, guess what? We now have five picks in the 2021 NHL draft. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, in the first place, before I even looked to see what picks they were, in the first place, I was like, you know, you get seven just right off the bat for being an NHL team, right? And then I looked and found out that three of those five picks are in the seventh round, if we even get this one. So I'm not sure why they're boasting that fact. There's more to that. You also got to figure that's next year's draft, not even this year's. And yeah, you mentioned three of them are seventh rounders. Uh, We don't have a first round again. No, it's a second, I believe a fourth and three sevens. Oh boy. Draft capital is not a plentiful for Pittsburgh Penguins and or their fans. No, I don't think it has been since the mid 2000s. But I mean, we'll trade that in for three Stanley Cups, I guess. Yeah, but going forward, a lot of talk is being made about the window closing. And now we need to start drafting. 
I don't know. It's I like the idea of having draft picks hanging around if you want to dump them off on draft day, sure. But I like the idea of having them around to build some sort of core, not core, but some sort of depth with. I don't know, maybe a future beyond Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. We do know that that's going to be a thing, right? The NHL is just not going to stop playing when that happens. It seems as if, though, Jim Rutherford, his career might end as soon as that happens. That's That's probably why he's still the general manager of the Penguins. His expiration date is probably the same as Crosby and Malkin at this point. It's got to be. There's no way it's not. I mean, it's possible that he can keep going. You can find a job somewhere, maybe. I don't know. Don't know. The future's looking weird for the Penguins. Not bleak, not bad, not great, but weird. It's yeah. Be interesting. Well, I hope all the Penguins fans out there had a good look at the Detroit Red Wings this year because that may be the future for the Pittsburgh Penguins. If we keep going down this road, I'm not going to say that is guaranteed, Hmm. but if we keep going down the road of not taking draft picks, then yeah, uh, I hope you enjoyed watching the Detroit Red Wings this year because that might be the Penguins by about year 2027. So let's move on from that. Let's move on from the Bugstad trade. We wish them the best of luck. But as the last week we went over all of the forwards on the Pittsburgh Penguins roster, this week we will continue that trend, assessing the Pittsburgh Penguins defensemen. But before we do that, a quick word. Check out our sponsor at manscaped.com. You can visit them at manscaped.com. Use code THPN for 20% off and free shipping on your order. Trust me, your balls will thank you. I know I love my lawnmower 3.0, and I know you will too. So check them out. Like I said, manscaped.com. Use code THPN for 20% off and free shipping. Trust me, your balls will thank you. So let's get into the Pens defenseman. Let's start with the ones that have played the least and go up into the big hitters last. So let's start with the guy with the best hair on the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's Chad Ruedel. Damn right. He gets himself a new contract this year. What are your thoughts on Chad Ruedel going forward? I mean, as I always like to call him, he is the NHL's best seventh defenseman because I don't know any other defenseman that can sit out for three straight months and then come in and make it look like he is conditioned and so ready to go that he's been playing the entire time. He could be on some team's third defensive pairing I think I think he's honestly that skilled he just doesn't get the playing time here because he's always being bogged down with other pretty stout defensemen you know Chad Ruedel is the guy that can pair up pretty well with anyone it's he like you mentioned he's the perfect seventh man basically there's not too much on it it's a good deal to have him around he'll be around for a couple more years coming so Uh, We have that backstop. Yeah, and there's another player that we're going to talk about here in a second that could vie for that third-pairing defenseman on the right side, taking the space of Justin Schultz, who we won't talk about because it's pretty obvious and clear that the Penguins were not going to bring Justin Schultz back this year. But I feel like Ruedel now is the heir apparent to that third-pairing spot next to Jack Johnson as of right now is where you probably slot him in. But I feel like Ruedel gets that ahead of Rikola, who we'll mention, talk about in a little bit. But I like the way that he plays. Mm-hmm. He's not the best scoring defenseman. He doesn't really have a scoring touch. He's not the biggest defenseman. He's not going to bang bodies all that much. But he's good with his positioning and good in his own zone. And the thing that we're going to need to see from him is an improved ability to get the puck out of the zone. That first pass is going to be very important, especially if he's playing with Jack Johnson. So as far as his last season, it's another cut and dry, simple season for Chad Ruedel. Play a quarter of the games and still play as steady as you ever have. 
And as far as moving forward and actually getting steady playing time in the Penguins roster, which I do believe will happen, I, I trust him in that third pairing. I At this point, I've seen enough that I trust him to be on that third pairing. It's going to hurt that he's with Jack Johnson, but it's going to hurt anybody who goes with Jack Johnson. So as far as Chad Rudolph is concerned, I love his hair. I love the way he plays. And I think he's going to be in the Pens top six come next season, as of right now, at least from the people that are here. I think he will be too. I absolutely think he would be. I Like I said, he would be on other teams, I think. And I think going into this season, if a move isn't made or an acquisition isn't made for a defenseman, I know Rutherford or someone mentioned that we're trying to maybe get a right-handed defenseman in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I, if, if that doesn't pull through, Chad Ruiz is absolutely a great option to stick into that spot. And you also look at the fact that somebody that we're not really going to talk too much about because he wasn't on the roster this year, and that's P.O. Joseph. His development and how ready he's going to be for the season is going to be a big indicator of how much Chad Ruedel plays. So if Ruedel's there and is just a placeholder until Joseph is seen as ready to come up to the NHL, whether it be 10 games into the season, 20 games into the season, what have you, I think Ruedel is a really good stopgap there between the beginning of the season whenever POJ is ready. So other than Rue Weedle, another Penguins defenseman got a new contract this year. That's Yusto Rikula. Both of us, at least I know I said move on from him just because I don't think they're going to use him. And yeah. why pay a guy that you're never going to use and your coaching staff doesn't trust? I think he has all the intangibles needed to be a very effective defenseman in this league. He plays bigger than he is. He We've seen him be able to knock bodies off of pucks very effectively and he also moves the puck really really well the the one thing that's hampering him is he is on the left side which would slot him in as the fourth left-sided defenseman right behind jack johnson which we don't need to get into the whole which (laughs) player's better versus which player gets paid more and that's why they're playing but ricola signs a new contract two years at a 1.15 million aav it's a good value contract for the penguins especially with the salary cap staying at 81 and a half so I've always liked Yusuf Rikla. Him now going into his third year in the NHL, I hope to see that he gets some more playing time, especially if this schedule ends up being condensed. If we can't start till January or February and they still want to try to push an 82-game season, you're going to have a lot of back-to-backs and sometimes maybe even three games in a row. I mean, that seems radical, but if you're trying to get 82 games in in four months, that might be something that happens. So if that's the case, you're going to need more than six good defensemen. And that's where I trust Yuso Rikola there as the seventh defenseman. And realistically, I would trust him more than Jack Johnson, but clearly the coaching staff doesn't see it the same way. At $1.15 million, he has to get played this time, right? I, I, I wouldn't hold my breath on that. Yeah, I just, I feel like he has to when he's getting that kind of paycheck now because they could have, they probably could have signed him for cheaper. Yeah, because he really didn't do anything didn't do the last anything. two years. So, I, I I don't know. That's, whenever I saw the signing, I was like, okay, shocking signing. But then I saw the price tag, and I'm like, even more shocking. Now we have to play him, right? Because unless you're Casey DeSmith, you don't want to burn that much money in the <laughs> press box. I mean, Casey DeSmith, we sat for a reason. We had two very talented goaltenders. But now with Ricolo, you're paying $1.15 million to someone who hasn't played a not hasn't played a lot but has been sitting more often than he should have been 
I don't have his exact numbers in front of me. I know he plays way more than we give him credit for, I feel like. I think he played 50 games one year. Well, it helps when this season he was also playing winger when everybody was injured. <laughs> right. So he's got that. Oh, uh, did you forget about that dumpster fire of a decision? Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> forgotten. I haven't been paying too much attention to hockey this week, man. It's been a weird. I've been. I've. Had, I got a new job, so I'm not really paying attention to a lot of things quite yet. But oh yeah, getting the inside track on our next sponsorship. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> but um, yeah, Yusuf Rico is, is a great option. I think he is a step up from Shad Ruedel, and by way of being a uh, sixth defenseman, a third pairing guy, because he's a damn wrecking ball for one. He's got a little, he's got a little shot to him. Uh, can move the puck pretty well, and like I said, he's a he will he doesn't have breaks. It's all go. He's gonna hit you. He's gonna lay the body, and he's gonna play a hard nose game, which is fun to see, especially from a guy that when he started here was kind of fighting for a spot in that lineup and we saw him play fairly well we saw him throw his body around we saw him really get tenacious out there now he's proved his game enough apparently that he's stuck that he's sticking around with a pretty healthy contract for his age and now he's got to play that same game and step up from it i think it's a really good move as long as he gets played that is the thing with him always now he just has to get playing time yeah, and you mentioned his shot. I always forget how good of a shot Yuso Rikla actually has because we don't see it. Not only because he's not playing, but because even when he is playing, he doesn't really shoot the puck all that often. But when right. he does, it's fast, hard, gets it off really quick, and it's accurate. So hopefully this year we get to actually see him use that shot. He's somebody I could see if he starts shooting at a regular clip and playing at a regular clip, he could push for seven eight goals on the season i truly believe that if he gets enough playing time but of course if he is going to play he's going to be a third pairing defenseman when i saw that both ruweedle and Rikola were signed back we as already mentioned we knew schultz wasn't going to get re-signed right but seeing both ruweedle and Rikola come back plus how much they've been talking about po joseph it feels like one of these moves we talked about might be to move a defenseman out oh boy now, Which if that's going to happen, be? there's clearly a preference among Penguins fans. And that's Jack Johnson. We need to just get used to him being here at this point is what I initially thought. Rutherford because wants him I don't, to retire a Penguin, man. That sentence makes me cringe and keeps me up at night. Like, why would you want this guy to retire a Pittsburgh Penguin? You're talking about Jack Johnson like he's Sergei Gonchar. Like he's a Brooks Orpik. He's not any of those guys. You're willing to talk with other GMs about and about Chris Letang, claiming you're not trying to trade him. You're not trying yeah, to trade him. Seeing value, quote unquote. Yeah. Which... By the way, this is all things we should be talking about in a rumor mill segment, which we'll get to. But <laughs> I just need to get this off my chest while I'm thinking of it, not forgetting it. You can claim to be just talking with other GMs about the value of Chris Letang when Chris Letang is going around telling people, "Hey, I think I'm getting traded." Well, last week, he his his agent did make sure that somebody said. That he feels secure in his position now. Okay, Which good. is awkward after that article comes out. Exactly. Three days before. But you're going to claim and say that, oh, I'm just getting value on Chris Letang. You're a clear number one star defenseman. You're a franchise defenseman. But you want Jack Johnson to retire a Penguin? Something yeah, is unplugged in your brain. Something <laughs> is backwards. 
Somebody's as been I, spiking your Fiji water with something, man. Yeah. Ironically, as I said, something is unplugged in your brain. I started hearing a ringing in my ear, and I'm scared now. But um, Jack Johnson, he obviously didn't catch the brunt of the wrath from management after the playoff ser- the play-in series. You know, no, I think Schultz it all went did. to Justin Schultz. Yes. <laughs> but that's just from management. When it comes to the fan reaction, it was separated equally the way it should have been. Yeah. But now here we are, Jack Johnson, and most likely stuck with him. And yeah. I don't know why, because from what we know, Brotherford is a very much, hey, anyone's on the table kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Now it's anyone's on the table, except for this guy. Th- th- that number three there, he's staying. He's not on the table. At this point, like I said, we just need to get used to watching Jack Johnson as a Pittsburgh Penguin because it if doesn't seem. I like him. That's a really big if. Mm-hmm. Because how much is he going to improve at this stage of his career? How much can you realistically expect him to improve at this stage of his career? I mean, we've said all we... In the past month since the Penguin season ended, we've said a whole lot about Jack Johnson. There's not really much more analytically we can do to talk about Jack Johnson. At this point, all we have to say is, Hopefully Rutherford is buttering him up so other general managers don't see him as an Alcatraz of a contract latched on to an anchor of a human being. But that doesn't seem to be the case. And like I mentioned, with those other two guys signing, plus the impending call-up of POJ, one of these defensemen I feel like have to get moved before free agency starts, or at least he's attempting to, to open up that space. And if you look at the rest of the defensive roster, the next four guys we're going to mention, they shouldn't be moved. They're nope. good defensemen. They're, defensemen. They should be your cut and dry top four heading in the next season. Let I mean, let's start off with Marcus Pedersen. He played well last season, almost Dumoulin-esque in my opinion, mm-hmm. because people didn't notice him. Yeah, they noticed he made a couple of big gashes. Yes, he took a couple more penalties than he probably should have this season, but he played decently. He had 22 points this year. That's a career high. Hell or, yeah. No, that's not a career high. Excuse me. Hell no. <laughs> he did have a career high in Corsi and Fenwick. So he was great with his possession numbers. So he was great with possession numbers. He had 22 points, 20 of them are assists. And then he played in all 69 games, nice. which was so nice because he was one of the guys that got the Iron Penguin Award from us this year. Hell yeah. I love Marcus Pedersen. We're going and into our should. third season with him. I don't see why people don't like him more. People started to come down on Marcus Pedersen, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take a look at all the good he has done since coming over here at a very young age on a very good contract before we start throwing him to the wolves of Penn's Twitter. Yeah, and let's not forget that he is about to have a nice big contract start kicking in at $4.03 million. And he is damn well worth it. He is going to be your third highest paid defenseman, assuming you don't sign a bigger one or... I don't know, things happen, but he's going to be your third highest paid defenseman, and he's going to play like it, and he has been playing like it. He's, like you mentioned, Brian Dumoulin-esque. He's not going to have the offensive ability that, I mean, maybe he may have had at one point, but having 22 points is still damn good. He's a defensive defenseman. Don't expect We don't need him to score points. That's why you have your forwards. Exactly. And that's why you have John Marino next to him, to rack up the points. Yeah. Who, Marino, if we just want to jump into that one, probably one of our better defensemen 
in a couple of years, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, he was a rookie last season. And the way that he played last season in his first year in the NHL, if he progresses even a little bit, he's automatically, you're probably in your top three, pushing for top two defensemen on your roster. And I think it's also fair to say, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, I pin John Marino as the next number one defenseman for the Penguins. Yeah, I could see that. Because we don't know what um, Latang's future holds exactly. If he stays, how much of a decline he's going to get. Um, and Dumoulin, what his Lord only knows. Because that's one of those guys that, that could go either way. I didn't know that Brian Dumoulin... Uh, sorry, we'll get into him in a little bit. But I also didn't know he only played 28 games last season. Yeah, I forgot how long his injury actually was. Yeah, like it's crazy how you forget about Dumoulin, who I have considered the best Penguins defenseman on this team for the past couple of seasons, how I forget that he only played 28 games because of how good John Marino was this season. He really covered up a lot of holes for the Penguins defense last year, and I think he's going to continue to do that. But my big thing, and you can react however you want to this, everybody that's saying trade Chris Letang or Rutherford possibly asking about Chris Letang, why would you push out the guy that's eating 25 minutes a game, eating all the criticism from the fan base, just to throw this young gun in there and into that spotlight before he could possibly be ready, when all you have to do is leave well enough alone, Letang can still handle those minutes and that criticism, he's been doing it for 10 years now, and let Marino develop without the spotlight on him. I mean, that can only go well for you. So I think the best move for Rutherford there is to just not make a move. Right. And it, we know that he's probably not going to make the move. We, but, but the thought of him getting whatever I called it, value, seeing value. You don't just see value on people. You don't just make calls and be like, hey, if I was to say, Sidney Crosby's on the block, what are you going to give me? You don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, there's certain players that you just just don't trade. Yeah. And very few general managers have those type of players, let alone three of them. Three players that you can easily say, if I don't trade them, my team will be better. So all I have to do is not make a move. And I get that's a foreign concept for Jim Rutherford. But you just don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. That's yeah, all you have to do. You want to talk about down the line? in a couple years having this conversation again that's a little more that's a little more obvious he's older maybe not playing those minutes anymore just you know maybe his game has declined but for now we know he's still good <laughs> oh you you mean in two years when he his contract is when up. his contract's up have oh, that conversation that's a then well that's a perfect time to have a conversation wow i would have never thought to wait till a player's contract is up to actually start talking about whether or not we should have him finish his career as a Pittsburgh Penguin, especially one that the last 10 years has been your number one defenseman, has played 25 plus minutes a game, and has also been an instrumental part in you winning two Stanley Cup championships. I won't I won't say three because 2009, he was a little further down the depth chart. I was thinking because he was hurt the entire playoffs in 2017. Yeah, well, that too. So he was instrumental in two. We're, we're just thinking of two different ones. But weren't we also a couple months ago having the discussion of are the penguins going to retire his number? Yeah, we when literally. I, I wish I remember what episode it was, but just go back and listen to every single episode of the Tip of the Iceberg and let us know which it. episode that one is in. That's fine with me. 
if you're ha- having that discussion about someone who is still on your team, don't you think you should keep him for as long as possible? Not for one second am I imagining that m- any of the stuff that we s- say here carries any weight in Jim Rutherford's <laughs> mind. But yeah, it, theoretically, if you're having that conversation, which yeah. we did start that conversation because Mario Lemieux mentioned something along the lines of that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't expect Jim Rutherford to take any credence of what we say. But yeah, what you're saying is correct. I mean, let's talk about that top pairing. I think we got a little off track from John Marino, but it's hey, just John because... Marino should have been up for a rookie of the year if he was healthy there. I said it. We can move on now. <laughs> I mean, what did he fin- did he have any Calder votes? Like, did John Marino... I don't know, actually. They haven't... That We don't know yet because that hasn't oh, been decided. Oh, the Calder hasn't been decided yet. All right, and well, the votes well, will come out after that, so... <clears throat> yeah, it'll probably come out as soon as this, this episode comes out. But uh, we digress on, the, on that fact. John Marino had a fantastic season. I expect it to keep going. So let's talk about the top six. Or the top two. Sorry. The top pairing. Brian Dumoulin. I mentioned only played 28 games last season. Didn't play well in the playoffs, but at the same time, like I've always mentioned, nobody really played well in the playoffs. Dublin struggled a little bit coming off of a season where he only played 20-some games. I fully expect him, if he can stay healthy, to go back to exactly what he was before being injured this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian Dublin's a great defenseman. It's one of the most underrated defensemen in the league because he plays defense. Yeah. How often am I going to say that sentence? <laughs> he plays defense he plays what his position is and he's damn good at it there's not too much else to say he had a down season he had a down playoffs well he was hurt and like you mentioned like we've all mentioned no one played good in the playoffs except for three people he just may not have been one of them it happens but brian dumoulin going forward is gonna be i want him to stay around for a long time personally i think he's that good of a defenseman that you know, he's able to stick around. He's able to have longevity because he doesn't play a super hard-hitting game. He has a little bit of bite in him, but he's able to stick around and play long, play good minutes, not be a scorer, but that's okay because that's what currently at least Chris Letang is for. But he's still, even though he doesn't score many goals, he doesn't notch many assists, he still moves the puck extremely well. Mm-hmm. He's still very good at turning, either getting it to Chris Letang, tape to tape, or making, like I mentioned earlier, that all-important first pass out of the zone, which is what they weren't able to do in the playoffs. Dumlin, when healthy, still excels at that. So he's somebody that whenever we had a Metropolitan Division roundtable earlier in the season, go check that out on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the Hockey Podcast Network. When he was getting ready to return to the lineup is when we recorded this. And guess what? I was excited. I was like, wait till we get Dumoulin back because nobody understands how much better this Penguins decor is when Brian Dumoulin is in the lineup. And yes, the grumpy old man came in and told me to shut up and he never wants to hear the name Brian Dumoulin again. And then I've droned on too much about him, but that's what I do because he's such a good player. And that's what I mean. Yeah. He's not the John Marino. He's not a flashy rookie. No, he's not Chris Letang. He doesn't have the flow. He doesn't have the French. He's not a big scorer, but he's there every single game and he plays really well on pretty much every single game very few times do you see a problem caused by brian dumlin exactly i can only think of one man what problem is that that one goal from the playoffs that's it oh yeah yeah that that was that was big on him the one that i i gave him a a call out for the first time we did shout outs and call outs go back and listen to that one I mean, we were in your in the cabin at that point that was back in early august Whenever we recorded that first shout-outs and call-out segment. I mean, 
let's think about Brian Dumoulin. Let's take a quick look at his tenure here so far. I mean, Jim Rutherford drafted him. So we know Jim Rutherford likes him. That's a start. We got that going for us. Uh, but Brian Dumoulin also, yeah, he opened the scoring when we won the Cup in 2016 in that game. In game six. Game six. He was the mm-hmm. first goal of that game. Well, now he's part of history. We got that going for him, too. <laughs> he's done great things here. It's and that, that may be it, but that's not where you're looking at with Brian Dumoulin. You're looking at the defensive play that he brings and that you have to want to watch uh, a forward get shut down if you really want to see what Brian Dumoulin can do. You want to watch boring hockey if you want to watch Brian Dumoulin, but that's the way he plays and that's the way it's supposed to be. So There's if that's the case, then it. Grumpy Old Man should really want to watch Brian Dumoulin because he loves watching that boring style of hockey that happens on Long Island. So uh, all I'm saying, Grumpy, he's your type of guy. He shuts it down, he closes it down, and he's boring. So check out Brian Dumoulin. Let's boring talk about somebody who's not boring. Is winning games, though, okay? I mean, not in this year's playoffs. They're down, right? Well, I mean, in the playoffs they have, but they're down, oh, yeah, down yeah, yeah. three to one to the Lightning. So Boring hockey in a Western term is winning games, though. Yeah, exactly. So let's move on to somebody that is probably anything but boring in his personality and the way he raises his children and the way he plays hockey. That's Chris Letang. We'll finish off this segment with him. Thankfully, it seems like this past week, the trade rumors were shut down. Yes, possibly Rutherford was asking for value and what the value of a Chris Letang would do. I'll answer the question for you. You don't even have to bother any of the other general managers in the league. The value for him is not going to be worth what you're doing sending him out. Especially if you're in win-now mode. That's what doesn't make sense. You're not going to get back an effective forward for Chris Letang at this point of his career. Yes, do I think he would command maybe a decent prospect and a mid-round draft pick, possibly a second-round draft pick? Sure. But you're not going to get anything back that's going to help you in the next year or two. So just stop. Don't even put it in the news. There's no reason for this. You have so many other storylines that you can play with the media's minds about. You have the Murray trade. You have, I mean, we'll talk about it in the rumor mill coming up in the next segment. So you have other things that you can do. Chris Letang should retire a Pittsburgh Penguin. Absolutely. No ifs, ands, or buts. Retire a Penguin, hang the jersey, retire the number. That's all there is to with Crystal Tang. We went over it already on our tangent. There's not too much more to say about it. I know there's a lot of fans out there that don't like Crystal Tang, and that's fine. You're entitled fine. to your opinion, but as I usually say, your opinion is wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> I like Crystal Tang. He's going to be the Penguins' number one defenseman until John Marino is ready to take that step, and I, he's not necessarily ready to take that step yet this year. Will it be next year? Will it be the year after that? Possibly. Who knows? Let's just sit back, relax, and watch one of the best defensemen in Pittsburgh Penguins history finish off his career in Pittsburgh. That's my only hope. Also, give me more Alex Letang content. Kid is cute. That kid is hilarious. That kid is probably, I would say, top top Penguins offspring. Would you say that? Uh, well, because I can't think of any others off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, he blows Austin Lemieux out of, out of water. <laughs> That's fair. Anything else on Chris Letang? I mean, we 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 both went on a tangent about Letang. Well, yeah, we went on the, the tangent. entire segment. Yeah, our entire defensive core is just one big tangent right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the way it's gonna be until puck drop next season. So get yeah. used to us talking about our defense because I'm sure it won't be the last time. I'm sure more moves are gonna be made to 
you know, have discussions on. Because we also have, like, minor league defensemen we could discuss at some point. We just signed that kid from college, Maniscalco, who who knows what's going to happen. Like, who knows where he's going to play exactly. Not to so, mention Drew O'Connor, who we signed prior to the shutdown from college. So there's another guy we have, we have yet to see what some of these guys have to bring. So it's definitely a position that you're going to have to pay attention to if you're into that sort of thing. I know not a lot of Penguins fans really care about the minor league, but a lot of them do. And those who do, check out Maniscalco. Check out Drew O'Connor. Those guys might be players that come out like a Brian Dumlin out of nowhere and end up being one of your top defensemen. So unless there's anything else, we're going to move along with the show. Of course, we mentioned we have the Rumor Mill segment coming up next. <laughs> and of course, we always finish off our show with our Pens poll. And of course, our favorite new segment, that is shoutouts and callouts. But before we get into all of that, let's hear a word from our sponsors at Manscaped. This episode of the Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 featuring advanced skin-safe technology to keep your soldier polished and cut-free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast episode 76 Horwat at the beginning of the show we kind of hit the ground running with the Bukestad trade I didn't get to ask you how your last week's been I know you started <laughs> a new job I know you've probably been pretty busy so how have you been doing I've been delivering pizzas man it's been fun though that's what I'm saying inside track on our next sponsorship you got to get in there make sure you print out the sponsorship package and take it to them eh <laughs> oh yeah this week I had nothing on this week other than I worked every damn day and it's been nice I've been making money um in the sports world though I just want to mention I'm hang I have my Roberto Clemente jersey up in the back because it was mm -hmm. Roberto Clemente day in the MLB. I'm actually wearing you know, my Roberto Clemente shirt right now. I noticed that while we were talking, and I should have said that earlier. But yeah, we know I'm a huge hockey fan. I love that beginning to end. But Clemente, from whenever I was a little child, was one of my favorite athletes of all time, if not still to this day. So wanted to shout him out for not even in our section. We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. But just say everyone in Pittsburgh knows what he's done. And it was cool seeing every pirate wear 21, even if we did get slaughtered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the way the Pittsburgh Pirates season has been going there. And dead last place in the MLB as of this recording, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. Uh, as far as go Bucks. my week... Jeez, oh, let's go Bucks. As far as my last week is considered, last weekend I spent in Washington, D.C., actually, as we posted that picture on our Instagram page at Iceberg Podcast. Go follow us on there. And then this past weekend, most recently, I was in Pittsburgh. So I went to both cities. And while, yes, 
I do have to say Washington, D.C. is a beautiful city. It is a shame that their hockey team is such trash and their arena is such trash. But other than that, beautiful city, really, really clean. And they have scooters to ride around in. So you just, you know, instead of an Uber, take a scooter. It's fun. So uh, that was a really good time. I, I had a really fun time with that. And I, of course, I always love going back to Pittsburgh. But uh, let's say we get into the rumor mill because there is a lot of rumors circulating around the Pittsburgh Penguins, especially leading up to free agency in at this point what is it three weeks so it's going to be a very quick turnaround from the end of the stanley cup playoffs to the beginning of free agency and of course right before even that is the nhl draft which we don't really have much to say about that but let's get into the rumor mill we mentioned rutherford said he wants to be a player in free agency what do you think about that and is there any any players that you've eyeballed as upcoming free agents i mean the big one to me and I know a lot of people might disagree with it, but it's Mikhail Granlin. I mean, the guy can play center, the guy can play right wing, and he's only, I mean, he's 28 years old, so he's right in what should be the prime of his career, coming off of a kind of disappointing season with the Nashville Predators. But I feel like he's somebody that could really help on the Penguins' third line. Yeah, and a resurgence, new spaces always help a player, not always, but for the most part will help a player out in their game. Kyle Grand, I don't know much about him other than he's worked out for me in fantasy hockey a couple of times. I'll give him that. <laughs> so I know he's able to produce and have some pretty good scoring touch. I th- I like that play. I never, I haven't thought of that name. I haven't looked too much into upcoming free agents mm-hmm. other than what Toronto Twitter wants to keep throwing in my face. Oh yeah, We're, we have mostly Penguins Twitter that we follow, and I still see more Toronto tweets. <laughs> yeah. I think the the only upcoming free agent that I am aware of that isn't on the R team is Peter is Petrangelo. And we're not getting him. And we're also not getting Taylor Hall. So anybody that's actually said that, no, we don't have the money or the capital and we're not going to move out enough players to bring in Taylor Hall. I mean, other players I mentioned, and you can just give me your thoughts on these guys that, I, that I've only highlighted three. I already mentioned Granlin, but I also like Eric Halla and Vlad Nemesnikov. So, I mean, if, if we get Hala, of course, we're going to be saying Hala, Hala, oh, play all over. freaking if we, season. If we but, I mean, both Eric of those Hala. guys can play center and wing, which is something that the Penguins organization really looks for in a player. I mean, Nemesnikov, he's played right wing. He's played left wing. He's played center. So, he can basically play anywhere in your bottom six. We saw how good he was for the Colorado Avalanche. He was part of their resurgent bottom six. And as far as Hall is concerned, he's been tossed around a lot lately. I mean, he gets taken in the expansion draft by Vegas. I don't remember exactly where he went after that, but then he was also in Carolina. I can't remember if there was somebody between Carolina and Vegas it was Minnesota. or not. He was in Wasn't Minnesota. It? That's right. So he went from yeah. Vegas to Minnesota to Carolina, back down to Florida this past year at the trade deadline. He's probably looking for some stability. I don't think the Penguins are in a position to give him a lot of years on a contract, although Jim Rutherford has done that the past couple of off seasons. But I think somebody like Eric Halla, who's only 29 years old, or Nemesnikov, who's only 27, I think that's who I would be looking at, especially because I feel like Nemesnikov will command the least amount of money out of the three names I said. But those are the guys that I think Rutherford should look into, and I'm hoping Rutherford looks into when free agency starts on the 9th. Yeah, Eric Halla went from Minnesota to Vegas to Carolina to Florida. Okay, so we just switched Minnesota to Vegas. Okay. Yeah, I just pulled up on Cat Friendly the upcoming unrestricted free agents, and boy, it's 
it's going to be a hard one, I think. Rutherford said he wants to be active. I'm looking at some of these names. Like, are you going to have the room for it? I know we're trying to shed cap space, but... Um, I mean, he opened is, two million, but a lot of the guys that you're going to want to sign are going to command a lot more than two yeah, million. My and guess, he's going to be shooting for some depth players, which I'm cool with. Like you mentioned, Eric Hall, I like that a lot. Actually, I think he'd be a great third line center on this team. Um, outside of that, I don't know. It's a tough one to really decipher. I'm not good at going through going through names because mm-hmm. in free agency, you're just like, well, he's really good. Him. That guy's also really, also him. But you can't do that because you got to think about how much we're trying to pay, how much we cannot pay, and what positions we need. So free agency, in my mind, is hard. I just like looking at names and laughing sometimes. Like, hey, <laughs> Alex, Ka- Alex Galchenyuk's going to be a free agent. Maybe we should try that God, again. God, no. Listen, I know he played half-decently when he went to Minnesota after that trade, but, but no, that, that bridge is burnt in Pittsburgh. Don't Just don't try to bring back Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah, so my opinions on free agency are I like just seeing how it all lays out, like watching it happen in front of me, and then I give Oh, it's a hell of a time to sit there and watch people names roll in and stuff like that. Oof, yeah, and they're always overpaid, always, no matter what. Oh, UFAs, yeah, especially if they're right-handed defensemen. I can't wait to see what Justin Schultz gets paid. Not by us. Oh, the goalies (laughs) this year, I bet, are going to make the money. Uh, well, you never – I mean, who knows who's going to make money? Maybe nobody makes money this year. That's true. The way that that's all – playing out but i mentioned howla granlin mm-hmm. nemesnikov now that i've said it i guarantee you the penguins don't even sniff any of those nope. three just because i said it and that's how it goes but uh let's move on from those guys and maybe talk a little bit about the main story it seems like there's not really a debate anymore in jim rutherford's mind it seems like matt murray is the guy that he's attempting to move on from what are some places that you think that matt murray could possibly be heading in this off season, I mean, you look at the fact that he is a restricted free agent, which also lowers down his value a, a little bit. And then also you have to pay attention to the fact that his cap number is not going to be lower than $4 million. So you have to look at a team that has the space to be able to do that and also needs a goaltender that has somebody the Penguins could want back. So what teams have you eyed for that? Not Edmonton. I'll start there. I talked about, I actually talked about this with Neil on that episode. Not Edmonton. I don't like anyone on that team. I don't want anyone back. Or not that they wouldn't help the team. I just don't think they're good players. I don't think a lot of people on the Edmonton Oilers are good players. McDavid, Dreisaitl, for the most part, Nugent Hopkins. Great players. Yes. Ethan Bear still needs to prove himself. After that, I sit back and wonder what the hell that team is. Yeah, I, I really was going to say Ethan Bear. I was going to say I would take Ethan Bear back the way that how young he is and how much promise he showed last season. But, of course, it's only one season, and it wasn't blowing away all expectations, in, in my opinion. But you also look at somebody. I like Andreas Athanasiu. I might be in, in the vast minority in that, but I do love his foot speed. I love his finishing ability, and I just think that he's somebody that would be great for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't think a deal gets done with Edmonton at this point. I mean, I might be wrong, but there's nobody on that team that I see that really moves the needle a whole hell of a lot for the Pittsburgh Penguins. There are two teams that I do see that I could easily see the Penguins making a trade with. And that's mainly because there's a history between Rutherford and these teams making these deals. First of all, San Jose. We saw him make the deal for Patrick Marlowe and give away a third round pick for absolutely nothing. I could see them getting maybe, I mean, I'd like a Kevin LeBanc. 
He's currently an RFA as well, so it's not like you're trading contract for contract. Now, LeBanc bet on himself on a $1 million deal when he definitely could have gotten more last year, but he didn't have a great year last year, so that number is not going to go up too much. So I feel like a Kevin LeBanc in your bottom six would look really well. I also think Buffalo could be a place that Matt Murray ends up going. You look at Carter Hutton. Again, strong start, can't follow through. Linus Allmark didn't really move the needle for the Buffalo Sabres. That's why they missed the 2014 playoff again. I look at their team. They have a guy like Brandon Montour. They could come on and help the Penguins blue line. I feel like there's a lot of possible places for Matt Murray to go. And I think it's going to be something that could be the defining move of the offseason, depending upon what Rutherford can bring back. I just want to talk about Buffalo for a moment, and this has nothing to do with trades or anything. This should be a quick one-off. Can you guess how many forwards they currently have under contract? The Buffalo Sabres? Well, it's got to be a low number considering you said that. Yeah. And I know. What? Seven. Four. They have four. Wait, just tell me what four are under contract. I know Eichel, Reinhardt, and Skinner. But it, who's the fourth one? Uh, It's Eichel, Skinner, Acaposo, and Marcus Johansson. Oh, Reinhardt's not even. I think he's, he's, a, he's an, an RFA. RFA. Right oh. now, yep. Ocposo, Skinner, and who was the the fourth one? Ocposo, Skinner, uh, Marcus Johansson. Jeez. For another year, yeah. he's not even. He's only got one year left. Yeah, Do, they wait, are going wait, wait. To Did they sign a general manager yet? Because <laughs> they fired Botterill. General manager Kevin Adams currently. Yeah, that's says, right. That's right. They they okay. said they they did hire Adams. So uh, Kevin Adams have, has a lot of work to do. They are going to have an off season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting Ugh. watching them from October 9th on. But they also have a high draft pick. I don't know if you could try to get in the top 10 for Matt Murray, but I if try. you can, that'd be great. Screw it, why not? Yeah, I'm not um, going to pretend to think that that's actually going to happen, but I'd love to see it. But I like the idea of trading with Buffalo, though. After seeing some of the guys that they have kind of available, I guess you could say, even though, even though they're not under contract, it's... A lot of our it's a lot of ufas so we'd probably have to dig into one of their rfas that um already <laughs> makes a decent penny uh we could bring back dominic cahoon i think that'd be so, awesome send it, dominic cahoon. <clears throat> there it is aside from that victor olofsson's an rfa victor golofsson the power play specialist i mean shit why not there's my decision a one for one murray for olofsson done deal <laughs> Murray for Cahoon with the first overall or the first round picked in the top 10. There we go. Done deal. I wish it were that easy. But yeah, no, I would love to have Dominic Cahoon back. I mean, Rutherford already undid his trade for Kapanen, so why not undo your bad trade for Dominic Cahoon? But why not? Apart from that, it does seem like Matt Murray is the guy to go, right? That's not a question anymore, right? Yeah. In that new article that Josh Yoey wrote, um, talking with Rutherford, he one of the first couple lines in it is basically saying Matt Murray is getting traded and then a few lines later it says it very well seems that Matt Murray may be the one getting traded and I'm like you just said he was two seconds ago Josh you need to <laughs> you <laughs> need to you're critiquing Josh Yohe hey I yeah I, know, <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't be doing that <laughs> we would but, like to have him on the show at some point be awesome be awesome <laughs> But no, as far as Murray's concerned, it, it really seems like that is the decision to be made. And who knows, maybe that gets made before. It seems like trade talks are heating up for somebody like Matt Murray. But 
Yeah, teams that are currently out of the playoffs are taking full advantage of this time off before the other teams can really make decisions, it seems. I mean, the way you look at the four teams remaining in the playoffs right now, are any of them really going to need a Matt Murray? I mean, no. yeah, Thomas Grice is going to be a free agent, but they have Semyon Varlamov, and they have that young Russian kid on the Islanders. I can't think of his name right now, so I apologize to Islanders fans, Dave. But I can't remember the, the goaltender they have coming over, but he's supposed to be really good. So none of those teams need goalies. So it would make sense that you try to get your business done because you're going to have a short offseason. Well, at least we seem like we might have a short offseason if the NHL does indeed go through with their December 1st start date, which not going to happen. Ooh, no, not at all. But there's one other person I wanted to talk about. I mean, we can agree that probably a bottom six guy, maybe a center for the third line, and maybe a third pairing defenseman. That's not a whole lot needed to get done at that point. They still have some RFAs that need to be signed. But Jared McCann's an interesting one. Because I've seen a lot of people say, the third line center thing didn't work out for Jared McCann. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, we're definitely going to trade Jared McCann. I've seen some people say, well, it seems like he might be a name that get, is going to get floated out there. What are your thoughts on Jared McCann? And we talked about him a couple weeks ago in our 3M segment. I said you have to sign a guy like that because of his age, because of his flexibility and his position play, and just because he didn't get a shot as the third line center. And when he did, look at his line mates. You got horn-fisted Marlowe, which I love Patty Marlowe. Didn't love him as a penguin. I love Patrick Hornfist. Feel like he's probably not as effective as he used to be. So what are your thoughts on McCann? My thoughts on McCann are if this slump, I guess, I don't know how to put it. Oh, it's a slump, definitely, when you finish the season without 22 games without a goal. Yeah, if he can turn that around, I love him. He's a great player. He's a great player goal scorer nonetheless but when he's down and out he's down and out and it's not pretty and that's kind of what we've been seeing what we just have to hope is that that's not consistent as for his future here i'd like to see him turn it around if he can't get him out quick that's all there is to it he's gonna be an experiment this year it seems because we know he because we know he can be better it's almost not like out chenyuk in a way but it's got its similarities that we know he can be better than what he is right now. We just got to get it out of him. And if we can't, we got to find a taker ASAP. Yeah, and I mean, the way that he played at the end of the season, maybe a bridge deal. Maybe a show-me contract, as you like to say. The guy's only 24 years old. He's a restricted free agent. Give him a show-me contract, either a year or two years, and if he doesn't do well... He's still young enough that I feel like another team would want to take him around a deadline deal if you don't give him the millions and millions of dollars and make it easier to move him if it doesn't work. I still want to see Jared McCann get a shot here. Now, do I think that he would command something good in return from the trade market? Not by himself. If you strap him to Matt Murray, I mean, it's weird to send out two restricted free agents, and I'm not sure what team would be like, yeah, sure, we'll take those two guys and try to sign them and possibly end up going to arbitration with two guys. But at the same time, I don't think him by himself commands enough back that it's going to be worth it for the Penguins. We would, If we were to trade him, we wouldn't get much just because he's young and needs to be signed. Maybe a decent draft pick, like a second conditional maybe, or a third or fourth round pick. Be hard. It'd all be hard. That's all there is to it, I guess. I don't want to move on from him yet, though. That's my thing on it. 
Especially because Bukestad didn't. Yeah. So, who knows with that? It's a hard one to discuss because, I mean, this offseason is going to be so weird for us. All of it's going to be hard to discuss. But for McCann himself, like I mentioned, you can't just end a season 22 straight goalless games. You can't. Yeah. And ex- you can't do that and expect things to come for you. Well, before we move on, I do want to mention another one of our sponsors at coolhockey.com slash THPN. Visit coolhockey.com slash THPN. Use our promo code THPN for 30% off your new favorite NHL hockey jersey. They're authentic. You can get hand stitching. It's great. One of the best Canadian jersey companies that there are they've been around since 1999 they've been here they've been doing this the right way for the past 21 years so check them out once again coolhockey.com slash thpn use code thpn for 30 percent off your new favorite hockey jersey as we've done the past couple of weeks and we'll continue to do right now we're going to give you a promo of one of the 36 wonderful podcasts that the hockey podcast network have to offer this week we have one of our specialty and boutique shows this is the bar down breakdown podcast did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team if you love hockey and you love music you're gonna love bar down breakdown a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, an, you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, of like, well, maybe we should wear a Montreal jersey, then... The NHL was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. And we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed that promo of the Bar Down Breakdown. It is our newest, I believe that is the newest podcast here on the network. It's between them and the Not Another Leafs podcast. One of those two are definitely the uh, the young man in the clubhouse, I guess we'll call him. But uh, it's, it's one of the newest and is one of my new favorite ones, I'll say. I love that because it's my kind of thing. It's hockey music. music. I mean, literally yep. tailored to you. They had Cone McCaslin from Sum 41, which is one of my favorite bands of all time on an episode. So, yeah, uh, I was into that episode or into that show right away. Whenever I met, I forget which host it was, one of the hosts on and after hours. So, yeah, yeah uh, check out After Hours as well. Yeah, always <laughs> check out After Hours. Me and Neil talked a moment about After Hours. We are going to continue and finish off this episode as we do every week with our pens poll and then our shout outs and call out segment. This week, our pens poll was which remaining team in the Stanley Cup playoffs would you want to see raise Lord Stanley's Cup? The Golden Knights won with 55%, or as we should say, Pittsburgh East or Pittsburgh West won with 55%. I should have known tagging the Vegas Knightly boys in it was definitely going to kind of skew the results a little bit. But in second place came the Tampa Bay Lightning with 20%. Islanders came in third with 18 and the Stars a measly 7%. As of right now, of course, the Stars and the Lightning each hold 3-1 to series lead. My pick is going by the wayside, man. I know you took the Avalanche. 
and the stars ruin that for you. I took the Vegas Golden Knights, and the stars are ruining that for me. There's They're that, just a that, party pooper. That meme of the Grim Reaper going to all the doors. Oh, yeah, verbal meme. Blood leaking out. That's that's the stars right now. That's actually more or less Anton Hudobin right now. Well, Hudobin and somebody else on their team that I'll mention in our next segment. But, yeah, I mean, I would still like to see the Vegas Golden Knights win. I just think it'd be interesting to see an expansion team in their third year raise Lord Stanley's Cup. Also, there's a lot of players on that team that I think would be fun to watch raise the cup. I mean, Marcia so raising it for a second and say, don't waste my effing time and handing it back. <laughs> and then, I mean, you'd like to see, in a serious note, I'd love to see Robin Leonard raise the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I'd love to see Mark Stone really start to come to the national forefront by winning that cup and raising it. He'd probably be the first guy to go out and get it if, if I was to, you know, pick from that team. But also, I mean, Patches, Stastny, you got a couple of veterans. And then what would it look like to see Ryan Reeves at a Stanley Cup party? You said at a Stanley Cup party. I thought you were going to say lifting the Stanley Cup because I was about to say it's going to look a lot like when Tom Wilson did it because that's the comparable. You're going to compare Tom Wilson to Ryan Reeves. I think you might get Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes on our ass for that. Whenever I say it's like that, by way of a lot of people don't like him. And they That's don't fair. Wanna, and they don't want to see him win. That's now fair. he's winning, and he kind of deserves it. There you go. Boy, we used him wrong is all I'm saying, too. Yeah, we definitely misused him. I don't know why Sullivan never appreciated what Ryan Reeves could do. And he said, yeah, go out there and try to play your game with three minutes of ice time a game. Yeah, but I'm not sure anybody can make it <laughs> didn't impact with three minutes. I'm, I'm also kind of surprised you ran down their roster of winning a cup and didn't mention Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, but Marc-Andre Fleury's raised the cup three times. Like, it'd be cool to see him raise it in a different jersey, but also, I mean, once again, he's the backup. I love Marc-Andre Fleury. I would still like to see him retire a Penguin if it's on a league minimum contract for one season as the backup. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I've seen him raise the cup three times. There's other people on that team that I think, would be more exciting to watch raise the cup than Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, even though two series, both of the Western and the Eastern Conference Finals, are at three games to one, who would you like to see to win the cup? I said Vegas. Would you? Or, do you agree? I agree, but I'm going to go with my full answer of Tampa Bay. Because yeah. it is about damn time that team proved themselves. They haven't done it yet. Come on now. No, they haven't. They've been falling apart year after year. I mean... Losing to losing the cup in 2015, losing to the Penguins in 2016 and seven games, missing the playoffs entirely in 2017. 18, I don't remember. They lost in the conference finals to the Washington Capitals. Oh, that's right. And okay. then last year they got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. It is about time they prove themselves. Listen, and Steven Stamkos effing deserves it man i mean steven stamkos hasn't done anything he's still injured he might return if they make the finals though i mean that's oh he might return if they make the stanley cup finals we've been promised that six different times in the past <laughs> six years but listen for the past five years when you talk about always being the bridesmaid never being the bride that's the mm -hmm. tampa bay lightning so finally it'd be nice for them to finally break through and yes for Braden Point to shove it up my hoop and carry the con Smythe <laughs> out of that arena in Edmonton. Yeah, I'd like to see them. So I, I genuinely almost agree wholeheartedly with the results of this poll. Golden Knights, I'd like to see number one. 
Lightning, I'd like to see number two. I agree. I don't want to see the New York Islanders win the Stanley Cup. I, 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 as much as I, I do like Matt Barzell, I'd rather see the Stars win it because I'd rather see, one, Jamie Oleksiak, the big rig, take it home. And two, I really like Joe Pavelski. That's fair. The, the Islanders win it and they just boringly skate it around just at their chest. The Islanders They're not even it. smiling. <laughs> the Islanders win it and they literally just, Anders Lee just takes it off the ice. We're done. We're done <laughs> They here. old school it. They don't even like celebrate. They just kind of take it straight back to the, to the locker room. Yeah, I mean, have you seen Matt Barzell's face? Dude, it's taking so much shit to the face, man. There was a, uh, it was the Quest for the Stanley Cup episode. He said, do you see this face? It was after after it happened. He said, do you see this face right now? He said, yeah, that's the one only a mom could love. And I said, I love whoever that ref is. I love it. That was a great chirp just right off the cuff. It was the sure instant that he finished his sentence that he went with the chirp. So I love it. I do like Matt Barzell. I don't think the Islanders have what it takes to come back in that series. But I mean, before we keep talking, I'm sure it might come up in our shout outs and call X7. Let's say we start it. Go for it. You know you make me wanna kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout. The officiating was awful. They were just terrible. They were ridiculous. Oh, this is just too good. What is your major malfunction? He's a horse. He is just relentless as far as how he plays. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Shoutouts and callouts this week brought to you by CoolHockey.com. Use code. THPN at coolhockey.com slash THPN for 30% off your new favorite hockey jersey. Horwat, let's start with shout-outs. Who is your shout-out this week? Uh, I'm going to have one one shout-out, but it's going to be two halves. I mentioned my half to Clemente earlier. My second half is to the Dallas Stars for just, you know, playing boring Western-style hockey, but it's boring, but it's not. Like I've mentioned on this show many a times, I think I've shouted them out before, actually. But they play a boring style of hockey for what the West is, and they're killing it. They're playing phenomenally. They're about to make the Stanley Cup damn finals over very good teams that I don't think anyone had them winning their series in. Yeah, I don't think anybody had them over the Avs. I don't think anybody had them over Vegas. They're the true underdog, and doesn't it remind you a little bit about St. Louis last year? Kind of, whenever St. Louis got to the playoffs, so I think they were a, they were a very hot team going in. It was just more or less, hey, they were a dead last at one point, so they're the underdog because of that. Don't get me wrong, St. Louis really did kill it last year, and they were an underdog in a way. It's just they blew the, they were in last place thing out of proportion. They came in as still a very good team. <laughs> yeah, they came in very hot to the playoffs. Basically what the Philadelphia Flyers were this year going into the playoffs. But... The difference is, you know, Philadelphia continued that run. Thank you very much since 1975. My shout-out is going to go along the same lines, actually. It goes to the Dallas Stars defense core. They have been doing really well, not only on the defensive side with likes of Essel and Dell, who, first of all, holy shit, that guy is massive. Yeah. I always thought Essel Lindell was an undersized defenseman because I've never really gotten to watch the Dallas Stars all that much. But seeing him out there in this series and actually keeping a close eye and paying attention to the Dallas stars in these playoffs. That kid is massive. He's a large human being and he's a hell of a defenseman. And then of course you look at big rig, Jamie Alexiak scoring on a breakaway hell and on yeah. a freaking breakaway in the conference finals. That's great. 
And then I can't mention this decor without shouting out John Klingberg and especially Miro Heiskanen. Those guys are fantastic. I saw John Klingberg in my at my old job at the restaurant. He came in whenever the stars were in Pittsburgh. Dude's a freaking unit. He's massive. And those guys zip it around the ice, racking up so many points, especially Heiskanen. Just a shout out to those guys. And they're on the cusp. The day this comes out, they're getting ready for game five. They could be going to the Stanley Cup finals for the Dallas Stars in the first time since when were the Stars in the finals last? Oh, don't tell me. When they won against Buffalo in 2000, I think. Was it exactly 2000? I'll look it up right now, but I, I'm I just, on that I, page actually because I was looking at their their height of defense core because they have a tall defense core. Yeah, the last time in oh no, they lost the year after they won. So and that was 2000 is the year they lost. So they won in '99, lost in 2000. That was the last time they were in the Cup Finals. Been a pretty long run for them, and they are a franchise that has had some skilled players. Mike Madonna, the greatest American-born hockey player of all time. Don't at me. Really deserved a captaincy, but reasons, who cares? Yeah, you shot, You said that they're a tall defensive core. Let me read down these heights, because this oh, is a oh God. scary defensive core. Andres Sequeira. Oh, by the way, if I say, I'm just on like who's ever played for them this season, so if, if I say a name that's not on the team, just shout it. Andres Sequeira is six foot zero. Jamie Alexiak is 6'7". Essa Lindell is 6'3". Klingberg, 6'2". Steven Johns, who I didn't know was a defenseman, also a Pittsburgh boy. Uh, six foot four, mm. Miro Heiskanen six one, Thomas Harley six three. I don't even know if he's playing right now. Joe Joel or Joel, however they want to pronounce Joel this year. Uh, Hanley five eleven. All right. Taylor Fedun Fed Fedun Fedun. I don't know Fedun six one and Gavin. That's a long name. Bay 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 six one. Do we need to start a segment of Horwat trying to read difficult NHL names? That is a S, a K, and a J all in a row, so that's a no. <laughs> like to shout yeah. out Chance the Rapper. <laughs> um, I mean, let, let's do it at hockey, but Dallas Stars get both of our call out or shout outs this week. Jeez, not even at the call out segment, but they're they're a win away from the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time, as you mentioned, in 20 years. So and go them. Yeah, seriously, go them. I think. But also go Tampa Bay. <laughs> you mentioned. How they play kind of a boring style of hockey. I think whenever Alex Radulov scores a goal, he makes up for it with his ridiculous celebrations because I I, I love face. that troll. That his, he looks like a looks like, like a, a troll, yeah. bridge troll, yeah. And that OT winner, he I was gonna give him my shout out this week for that OT winner because it was gorgeous in game number three, but uh, instead I went to the Dallas Stars defense because over time those guys have been extremely impressive. So let's get to the callouts. Horwat, who do you have? Mark Andre Fleury's agent, because boy, he opened Again? up a can of he opened up a can of worms, didn't he? I mean, whenever you post a picture of your client with a sword through his back, that tends to happen. But now it's gonna be the talk of Vegas because I guess I don't know much of the details. I just saw it mentioned somewhere that I guess it's opened up a bigger rift in between Fleury and Vegas than we thought was there in the first place. Now every time, like Fleury got the chance in Game One to really prove himself, kind of give himself a victory and do something, loses. Oh, he gave up a goal. one nothing though. Yeah. But what are people going to talk about? Oh, he lost that game, though. Well, guess what? It was one nothing. And then when Lanner comes back and has a shutout, it also doesn't look good. So 
granted, I mean, when you're discussing it, who would you rather have in that? The guy that's going to give up zero goals or one goal? That's true. But at the same time, let's put it this way. Who do you start in game five tonight when this comes out? Leonard. You go You go Leonard after he's lost, what, two in a row? Probably still, yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's a hard decision to make because you're on the edge now. And you don't want to throw in a new goalie and have ev- just everything be messed up. Yeah. And permanently screw it. It's a very hard. That's always a hard decision to be in, especially when you have been going back and forth kind of with your goalie spots. I mean, when the playoffs started, their coach, it's DeBoer, right? Yeah, Pete DeBoer. Yeah. DeBoer said he was going to try and go back and forth between the two. That has not happened. I mean, he's kind of has. Well, I guess. A lot, not a lot lately because Robin Leonard had three shutouts in, in round number two, but at the same time, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Exactly. If you're Pete DeBoer. Exactly. And I'm calling out Fleury's agent again because he's just opened up way more drama than Fleury needs. Man. Yeah. I get where Pittsburgh fans just sitting back saying, oh, first time. But you don't want to see it because he's still our golden child, man. That's all there is to it. We want to see him he, succeed. You screwing it for him. He is the Steel City's golden child. And I do wish all the best for Flurry, but at the same time, I'm not sure if he's going to be in Vegas come next season. He'll be on his third exactly. team, and uh, who knows where that'll be. His $7 million cap hit. I mean, do, how do you trade that? So a buyout might be in the near future for Flurry, and that is all to the reasoning of Sir Alan Walsh, who gets your call out this week. That's his name. Thank you. I couldn't remember his name. Ah. Well, I just wrote yeah. down Flurry's agent. Flurry, Flurry's agent. Don't even give him a name. No, he doesn't need it. My it's call not Darren out. Paris. I don't remember his na- an agent's name. No, uh, that's true. Uh, my call out this week goes a little outside of the realm of hockey and into the realm of movies. My call out goes to anybody out there that went to see and didn't like the movie Tenet. Okay. Because I thought you were about to get on troll for reasons. Oh, well, yeah. Also freaking hockey troll. <laughs> I don't, I didn't want to bring this into the podcast, but the fact that you're looking for excuses to not like baby driver, like, come on. Anybody out there, that is a great movie. You should watch the movie. And Troll didn't like it because it was quote-unquote overacted. Shut the hell up. He said it was a TikTok. I appreciated that. Yeah, he said it was a long (laughs) version of a TikTok. No, screw off. But no, my actual call-out this week goes to anybody that went to see and didn't like the movie Tenet. I don't know if you have yet. Have you? I No. I don't think I will go to a movie theater for a long time either. Well, that's fair. We went when we were down in D.C. because we needed a break from walking around the whole time but uh we went to see it christopher nolan's new movie i loved every second of it here's the best way i can describe it if you went and saw and or have seen in the past what 20 years if you've seen the movie inception this is kind of like inception on steroids not in how good it is i still think inception is a better movie but this movie is Inception on steroids in the fact that okay. <laughs> it is a mind fuck. So if you don't like paying attention and trying to put things together, you're definitely not going to like this movie. But I still think it was a masterpiece. So my call out goes to anybody that didn't like the movie Tenet. We went with four people. Two of us didn't like it. Two of us loved it. So that seems to be the way that it's going to be. And for me personally, I love the movie. So I would say go watch it anybody that didn't like it though you get my call out this week sorry about it i want troll's opinion on it i want his official 
hockey troll movie oh review. he's not gonna like it because he's gonna say they were overacting or don't don't listen to hockey troll on his movie takes maybe his hockey takes half the time but never his movie takes i know the hockey podcast network is starting up writing on the yes. patreon um yes. i guess we can move past our shouts and calls and talk about that for a moment i'm gonna try and obviously get into that maybe i can do short writings on there but i want to know if other things can be accepted on there because if i can get a hockey troll movie review minute <laughs> no that would be awful <laughs> unless it's like I, I don't know find somebody who has the opposite taste of ho- oh wait that's me yeah i just want <laughs> no, hockey just... troll to review things i think I think that'd be fun anything food reviews just, music reviews, just hockey movie. troll review we're gonna have to run this off the pole exactly i'm sure he'll listen to this and he'll add us and tell us in fact troll <laughs> i know you're listening add us and tell us what you think of just doing a hockey troll review minute ht reviews it's movies it could be food it could, it could be, be anything uh, anything to see him review something in 300 or less words <laughs> a book <laughs> yeah yeah no i like it we got to run that up the up the chain of command here at the hockey podcast network before we finish off the show, any, any other last words or notes that you want to say to the Pens fans before we let them go today? Hey, man, Ben's back. Ben is back. Ben's back. Uh, I, football is today. I've been enjoying a Miller Lite this entire recording um, to celebrate the sport that I don't watch. Also, one more thing about Troll. Finding out he doesn't <laughs> like football was the least surprising thing to happen in 2020. That is, but also you've you've mentioned him a lot. It's kind of like how I mentioned State of Hoppy a lot, like two weeks yeah. ago. We 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 really need to temper those those uh, shout outs there because while you're out of Pens fans, go listen to those podcasts that Hoppy and yeah. Troll are on. Yeah, the Soda Pod and the official Caps Chirp podcast. So check those out. And uh, the last thing I will leave you with this week is if you haven't already and you are comfortable doing it, go see Tenet. But make sure your movie theater is doing correct things in the social distancing protocol and then go see the movie tenant and preferably in imax because that's the way christopher nolan intended it to be but that's gonna be all for this one have a good week then Spain. you can follow us on twitter at nick horwatt 41 and at nick underscore berlansky you can also follow the show's twitter handle at iceberg podcast this podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast from so please subscribe and rate us on apple podcasts we are brought to you by the hockey podcast network you can visit them on twitter at hockeypodnet or at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com every team everywhere